Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is July 26, 2016, and it's no longer as hot as it was about a week ago. Today, it's only about 72 degrees right now, which is lovely. That's very nice. Compared to last week's weather of, you know, it, we'd get up, it'd be 80-something degrees at you know, 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning. And if it was 85, it felt like it was 95. And that's not an exaggeration. So we had heat indexes that were, I don't know, 106, 107, maybe a little higher than that last week. It was miserably hot. And there's humidity here that is just, yeah, I don't come to this area during the summer, specifically July. It just is not real pleasant. <laughs> Any other time might be okay. Well, okay, maybe maybe not even August. But it can get really hot here because of the humidity. And last week was definitely one of those weeks. I felt so bad for my plants. I actually have plants out in pots right now. And they were just so droopy and sad. And then they'd perk up for a little bit when I gave them water. And then they'd be droopy and sad again. <laughs> so this week, they're going to recover. I know that. But it'll be a great thing. But I'm a little concerned, actually, about my radishes because, you know, when it gets really hot like this, they get super spicy. That's my experience. And I love radishes, but not when they get too hot like that, too spicy. Then they're just not enjoyable. And I want them to be enjoyable, you know? I don't know what will happen with my arugula. I haven't planted that in a while. So I don't know if the really hot weather last week is going to make that be even spicier than it normally is or not. So I will find out, I suppose. Uh, no one else in my family will, though, because I'm the only one who eats arugula. I love arugula. It's probably one of my favorite little green vegetables right there. So, okay, I digress. I'm talking about fruits and vegetables. Well, I didn't talk about fruits, though I should because I want to plant some fruit in my yard at some point. I failed miserably with apple trees um, a year or so ago, but I want to try it again. I have not given up. So there's my fruit talk for you. You can do apple trees, columnar apple trees in pots. Mine did not do well, but there were reasons for that. And so I'm going to try it again. I'm not going to give up. So there's my fruit and vegetable talk. I hope you are an avid gardener too. I am not. I'm a lazy gardener. I've mentioned that before. I have a whole book about it that I've been working on off and on because it's just kind of a fun thing to write here and there. Uh, But anyway, so today I have a guest, uh, L.A. Kelly, Linda Kelly, who's going to be talking with us about her books, her writing, and everything that she does, which is very, very exciting. And I'm looking forward to talking with her about that. But before we let her come on to the program and tell us everything – I want you to know I am reading this book, actually listening to a book called The Upside of Stress by Kelly McGonigal. And I've read a couple of, or listened to a couple of her other books that I really liked, like The Willpower Instinct, for example. Um, but right now I'm listening to The Upside of Stress, and it is turning out to be a really good listen. So go check out her book. Um, she narrated herself. The first book I listened to, I think Willpower Instinct, she did not do the narration. And then the next one was more of a lecture series, The Neuroscience of Change, that I haven't finished because it's a lecture series. So it's pretty long. Um, and there's a lot of meditation involved. So I'm listening in the car, can't do the meditation pieces. And so I have ah, to find another time to listen to this book. And then she narrates the upside of stress. Um, and she does a pretty decent job, I have to say, of narrating her own 
work. Um, the upside of stress, there's some surprising things to learn about how you can uh, use stress to really move yourself forward. I happen to be someone who tends to thrive on stress um, and, and work well in that environment overall. Uh, but even I found, I'm finding this book pretty useful. Lots of studies to back up what she's saying. She's, you know, a PhD from Stanford, that sort of thing. This is what she studies is health psychology. So check it out. Upside of stress, it might help you um, fellow writers out there that are feeling a little stressed about writing your books and getting them published, whether you're doing it traditionally or as an indie author. Now, my guest, uh, Linda here, is an indie author, and she's done several different books. The most recent one, if I recall correctly, stumbling over my words, is um, Spirit, and I just, Spirit Ridge. I was going to blank on the name. Sorry about that. Linda, welcome to Back Porch Writer. Hi. Glad to be here. And listen, I have to tell you, I'm envious of your 72 degrees because I'm in Florida, and going outside today is kind of like trying to breathe between inside a hot, wet sponge. It's, it's not a pleasant yeah. experience. <laughs> that was last week for us. That was definitely last week. This week is more like we'll get up probably into the 80s or something like that. But the heat index, you know, the, the humidity side isn't as oppressive as it was last week. I used to live in Miami, so I know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> I, I remember the 80s. <laughs> the 80s. The 80s look good to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny when you're looking forward to it to be, you know, 80 or 70 or <laughs> when something. When you're looking forward like, to the temperature dropping into the 80s, yeah, you know, that, right. you know that's rough. <laughs> yeah, you definitely know that. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the writing that you do. Well, I write, um, the kind of books that I, I write always have a little bit of fantasy, um, or I write, also write science fiction. I like the fantasy elements, and I like putting them into uh, different kinds of stories. So I do urban fantasy, I do historical writing, but I add fantasy to it, historical fantasy. Um, the latest book, Spirit Ridge, is a paranormal western. Um, it takes place in 1885. But one of the characters is a marshal who's um, a half-breed Apache, and he has spirit visions, so that's where the fantasy element comes into play in that one. And it's kind of oh, hard, okay. anyway, to write fantasy, um, to write historical books without the fantasy element, because you're talking about things that happened in the past, and I like to have uh, a lot of strong female characters, and any women living in the past, especially period time periods like 1885, Life was pretty much horrible, and there isn't there isn't anything good you can say about it. So if I if I add a little fant- fantasy twist to it, it makes life not so horrible. I don't know. There were some women back in the day that were pretty tough birds. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they were, they were tough birds, but life was still horrible. You couldn't vote. You you couldn't get divorced. Right. Um, you couldn't get a job. I mean, there, it, it, life was life was pretty horrible. So you have to, um, even though women were were tough and women survived, um, there were a lot of things that they were cut out of. There's a there wasn't there wasn't there was a very narrow channel that that, that they could ride. And um, so one of the character, the, actually the, the female character that I have in my book is a newspaper reporter. So writing was actually considered something that was okay for women to do, not necessarily a newspaper reporter because that was a paid job and that was frowned upon. Um, but um, Nell's the kind of character who goes against convention anyway, so what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're writing a historical 
fantasy, paranormal fiction, how much of that, uh, how much research goes into doing that to make the historical side of it accurate? Well, that's, that's an, uh, I should say, just enough. Enough to make the historical side accurate. Um, but there's, you can play around with it. Since you're writing, I'm running in fantasy, you can play around with it a lot. But I, like, I try to keep the, I would, I would say like the five senses, the sight, sounds, smells, tastes, touch of the um, of the era correct um, but I can play around with the historical data I don't have to have um, character I have to have characters that feel as if they actually lived back then but um, feel to the reader that they've actually lived back then but didn't actually have to live back then don't don't actually have to um, have to um, to be um, a strict convention there's a People who write historical fiction without that um, have to be more careful about the the different, I would say, the nitty-gritty of the historical era, um, getting um, all the little descriptive details right. But people who write with with fantasy can bend the rules. Mm -hmm. Now, since you're writing fantasy, my my, um, knowledge of the fantasy genre is that fantasy books tend to be really long, I mean, 100,000 words. Yeah, I don't write, yeah, I don't write, my my books average between, um, I would say around 85,000, which is a full-length novel, um, but they're yeah, not, right. um, um, some of the, the work, there's a problem with, with writing in a, a, a historical genre, some people can go a little bit overboard on the details, too, if you read a lot of, uh, a lot of historical work, um, Mm-hmm. You can, you can. There can be too much description and not enough story. So I, I like mm-hmm. the fantasy aspect of it. You don't have to delve that much into the the day to day life right. of the character in 1885. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's so easy for people, for writers, to get lost in that stuff, lost in the detail. It is. Of it. Uh, you know, that's that's part of the editing process. That's why um, I I try I try not to get too wordy. I try not to get the, the. You don't want the description ever to overpower the story. I consider my mm-hmm. books actually adventure stories, and, and adventure okay. stories mm-hmm. don't have a lot of. Um, they have a lot of action in them, but they don't get bogged down by a lot of descriptive details. Mhm. So you mentioned editing. How do you go about your editing? Well, What's I take. Um, I have a strict. Not. I wouldn't say strict, but my. I like to keep to a, a writing schedule when I'm doing a, an. A, original writing when I'm just starting a, a, starting a book or novel or whatever I'm writing uh, to about a thousand words a day which gives me roughly three months to write a book and after that period uh, it's going to be probably another two to three months of editing and I don't have any word count or specifics when I do that I just I just try to get to the point where I can get through the book um, and I kind of know I'm near the end of editing if I'm, let's say I've got a book that's like you know, roughly 85,000 words. If I can get through half the book in one day editing and then the other half in the other day editing without doing too many changes, then I think I'm close to the point where I can send the manuscript off to, off to my editor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, it seems like you're telling me, okay, three months to write the book and two, three months to do the editing. But, man, when I was looking at what you've published, it seems like you're publishing at a pretty fast rate. Yeah, I, I, I write like my pants are on fire, and the only way to put the flames out is to type faster. <laughs> so I, I, do tend to, I do tend to write quickly. Um, right now I've got two books um, coming out. I, 
I have a, a I'm in an anthology coming out next week, and I, I have um, I'm starting the self publishing process. I have the first two books written, and I hope to have them out next week too. So um, I do try to write as quickly as I as quickly as I can. I write full time. I don't um, I don't have any other thing that I'm doing. So I, I write full time, so I can I can devote a lot of time to my writing process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I titled this "How to Be a Best-Selling Multi-Genre Author." because you write that way. And so tell everybody how you do that. Well, um, you don't have to, even though you, I write science fiction and fantasy, you, you you don't have to look at it just that way. Like I said, I, could, I went into the um, uh, a book where I'm writing, with, which is more historical, a book that's more urban fantasy, um, um, and, and some books that are science fiction. Um, the idea is just to start with this, you know, you just start with your basic idea and you just go from there. And also, you don't have to close your eyes to any particular publishing format. You can do um, independent publishing. You can do self-publishing. You can do um, short stories. You can do novels. Um, And I would say most writers out there, don't be afraid to try something different. I I think all my books are very different. Not, Not one of them follows the sequence of another. So don't be afraid to try something new. If you get an idea, just go with it. But uh, don't be afraid to write in a genre that you've never written in um, just because you think, I never thought I'd be writing anything in a historical genre. I thought, oh, I thought, oh, historical, that's, I, I can't do that. Uh, but then I got an idea for this story, and I thought, well, what the heck, give it a shot. And, you know, that next thing you know, um, you've got a book. So you just have to be open to all different, you have to be open to all, all different things and don't, um, don't don't stick to one genre for you know try something different. So how are you marketing? Because it seems like it'd be really difficult to market multi-genre, market as an author. You know, to yeah, market an individual book would be yeah, difficult oh, I know. to market. Uh, I know they so tell you, oh, you, you got you have to have a platform. <laughs> it's like, have a platform. Have, I don't. Have, I don't have a platform. I guess. I don't have a platform, so I just um, I try all different types of marketing. Whether you you do the you know social marketing, social media, you run book sales, you um, do things like well, that's like that's like podcasts. I go to conventions, I do book signings. So um, I would say, especially with marketing, and especially for an independent author, because marketing sits heavily on your shoulders, even with your with a publishing company. Publishing companies, uh, independent publishing companies, they're they're smaller. They don't have huge budgets for marketing, so you're going to be stuck doing a lot of it yourself. So I would say just try, um, get in with a different bunch of different writers groups, see what works for other people, try something, and if it doesn't work for you, abandon it quickly and move on to something else. So what things are working best for you when you're trying to market? Because you just mentioned that you do conventions like book signings. Are you doing all of your books? Well, I guess the first question is. How is that working for you? Because um, I love different things I, with different authors. Yeah, I, I love the conventions, but I only focus, since all my books have a fantasy element, I only do um, uh, science fiction, fantasy, comic-type conventions. Uh, and okay. I love them. I don't do writing conventions with other writers because I find that you, there's just too much competition and you get, you get kind of lost in the crowd. But um, I like, So I like doing um, conventions that simply focus on, the, on fantasy or science fiction. And I love doing that. I love doing that. That's how I, I meet a lot of people. It's how I meet a lot of fans. Most of the people, um, a lot of people I meet, um, I publish in, um, um, all my books have 
print editions, so I can always bring them to conventions. But uh, they're all e-books too, so a lot of people read more e-books, but a lot of people are very interested in just um, you know, meeting the author. And also there are a lot of people I find mm-hmm. in a lot of these conventions who are interested in, in just writing. And I'm always happy to talk to anybody who's just interested in writing and have questions about how to get started and, and things like that. And uh, met a lot of really fun people. And I love the conventions. They're such fun. I know I always um, try to take a lot of pictures, especially the cosplay elements and the people in, in costumes. I have absolutely no skill. I'm not crafty, and I, 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 I really admire people <laughs> who are. <laughs> well, last year, uh, my family and I got into a little bit more of the Comic-Con and, and going to some conventions and things um, just as observers. I didn't go as an author because uh-huh. I wanted to do a little – I was doing some research, basically. <laughs> yeah. And so we were, get, we were getting into the cosplay stuff, and it is uh, – it's so much fun to actually do that. My daughter went as um, the TARDIS <laughs> several oh, <yeah>. times. <laughs> I, I've seen that. I, I saw one of the conventions I was at. Yes, there was a TARDIS. And um, one of the ones, my favorite, was a convention that I, I'm doing. Actually, I'm doing it again um, in August. But um, there was a guy there who he does his costumes always out of balloons. And he did oh. the Alien from the Alien movies out of black uh-huh. balloons, and so he walked around in this huge black balloon alien costume. It was it was amazing. That's <laughs> so can't funny. Back up but and you have to be careful where he's going, not back into anything short. Right. But the costume was amazing. He said it took him something like I don't know forty hours. I don't know how much to to how many hundreds of balloons he had to to put this thing together. But yeah, he I've seen him at other conventions too, always in a, a balloon costume. <laughs> well, I know it took us a while to get that TARDIS costume made for my daughter, but uh, not 40 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that long. Um, okay, so you go to these images. You said you always have print versions of your book. So who do you use for the print version of your books? Well, my publisher, um, my publisher prints it. Uh, so I just buy it directly from my publisher. Uh, but when I'm uh, – for my, my – the new series that I'm starting, the self-publishing one, I, I, I probably will go with Create Space. I've looked in, into some others, uh, but I haven't made any decision on that yet because it'll go up as an ebook first. But yeah, I mm-hmm. just uh, I just buy them from my publisher at a, at a, a discount and then um, sell them at the convention at a discount. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't go to the. You know, I consider the conventions uh, a um, they're a marketing venue for me. They're not a way for me to make money. Um, so I don't make any money on my print, but the print sales of my books at these conventions. Now a lot of authors do. They rely they rely on the conventions to generate money and to um, you know to pay for the books and all this other stuff. But um, the way I look at it, for me, because I make most of my sales as eBooks, um, I just look at it as a marketing venue. And so I don't make any money on my print books when I sell at a convention. Mm-hmm. When you go to the conventions, are you also um, participating in panels or anything like that as a speaker? Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I just, um, I you know, I just do a sales. It's uh, I'm, I'm doing a convention in um, October in New Orleans where I'll be on uh, I'll be on panels, but I'll, I'll probably also have a booth. And the one I'm doing next month um, in August, um, I just have the booth, so it'll just be sales. Mm-hmm. And who arranges because? You you know you mentioned you have a publisher and you're indie publishing. So who arranges these conventions? I do. I do for it you all. to go. Um, yeah, I do it. Yeah. All right. So how are you finding out about all these conventions? Because I'm sure someone out there listening wants to know. 
<laughs> the best way is just to find out, uh, is just to, to go on the Internet and look for conventions in your area. Something um, I would not suggest as for someone who's never done one before. Um, you might you might just want to try to go as just um, just attend one and look around and, and see what they have to mm-hmm. offer. But if there's one in your right. area, I happen to live in an area where there are several within um, within easy driving distance for me. Then um, um, just go on the internet and look for some that are in your in your area, and look at their websites. Um, look and see how many um, what they're geared toward because geared towards because some are geared uh, just because it's a science you know it's like fantasy science fiction convention. It doesn't mean it's going to be geared towards your reader base. For instance, there's a, quite a few that focus very heavily on um, anime or on um, particular a particular science fiction or fantasy aspect. Um, those are the kind of convention. That's a convention I wouldn't go to because even though I like anime, I really don't think any of my books have. Uh, I don't know if they would appeal to to that um, to that to the population who who simply want to go to an anime convention. Um, but right. so look around because there's there's different types of them and um, and think about what kind of books you're selling. Think about the kind of population you want to reach, and then that's the kind of convention you want to look for. And and I would start. You don't have to start at Comic Con. I mean, that seems like <laughs> it's got like a hundred thousand people, and there's it's so expensive. Think small. Some of the regional um, conventions are very good, and they're they're a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's regional um, local Comic-Con events. I know exactly. uh, in Omaha, which is near me, mm-hmm. there's a Comic-Con, and that's the, actually the first one I started with last year when I was doing some research, found out about it at the last minute. So the family and I said, okay, well, let's go check it out. And I discovered that's when I realized, oh, my goodness, I really should be looking more at these conventions because my books might fit here. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's how I started because I live in I live in Pensacola, and we have a big convention called Pensacon. It's only been active a few years. It's, this is only the third year. Um, but I've been, I've gone there um, and met a lot of great new people. And also, if you, tend, if, you, if you take your first convention and go locally, you tend to meet a lot of local vendors and local um, writers. And just because mm-hmm. someone is, a, is not a writer, even if they're a vendor, I've had um, a lot of good input from vendors who, who've bought my books or they've um, suggested, oh, this convention is, is good for that. I've seen, oh, I've seen a lot of writers at that convention. As a matter of fact, um, the, the convention, I'm, the one I'm going to in, um, in New Orleans was, um, uh, was suggested by a vendor who said, oh, I've heard about this one. Well, you should look into this. And, and I did, and it looked interesting. So, um, so yeah, it's a, good, it's a good way to make contacts, not just with the public, but with the, the people who attend these conventions. And word, let me tell you, Word gets around so fast <laughs> about what conventions are good for one thing and what conventions are terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm, there are a lot of mm-hmm. message boards too you can go to that find out which are the good conventions and which are not so good. Like wh- what message board would you recommend? Um, oh Lord, yeah, you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I can't think of one, but there's yeah, I can't think of one. Um, I would just say do your research. Uh, but there are there are message boards out there where you can find out which conventions are are good for for artists and you know which conventions aren't. Now we have just a couple minutes left, and I thought I read. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you participate in Kindle the Kindle Scout program? Yes, I did. Um, you I, it did. wasn't accepted, um, but the the book that actually the book I'm self publishing is uh, was the one I submitted for Kindle Scout. So. And and um, I got some kind of some nice feedback from some people who um, who had read 
who had read the the blurb that's on the Kindle Scout uh, Kindle Scout um, website and said, oh, I really liked it. Are you going to publish? And so, yes, I said, yeah, I am going to publish. So um, that's the one that's going to be out. That's the start of my new space opera series and, and um, about a teenage girl who becomes a space pirate. So um, that that one will be out within, hopefully within, you know, uh, maybe a week or two. Mm-hmm. What did you think about your experience with the Kindle Scout program? Uh, people had, had told me before I went in um, uh, some things about it that, it's, it's going to cost. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost a lot of time. It's going to cost a lot of effort. Um, I, I, it's really. I, I, I think it's really geared more toward people who who can really work that social media or have the money to hire people to do it. Um, it's. It. It's. I. I, I would say, because it's free to put your book up there. Um, if someone wants to do it, I would never talk them out of it. Um, but I'm not. For me, um, the effort wasn't worth it. It's not. It's not something I'll try again. Okay. Well, Linda, I want to thank you so much for being with me here on the Back Porch Writer Program. It was a pleasure talking with you and learning about all of your writing and your books. Where can people connect with you? Um, you can connect with me pretty much anywhere. Uh, you can just send me an email at l dot a dot kelly k e l l e y um, dot author at gmail.com or um, you can just go to Amazon. I have an Amazon author page. Again, it's l.a.kelley if you just do a search for the author name and then that will take you to my Amazon author page and, and a listing of all my books. They're all they're listed in, and they're all in other areas um, too like um, um, Barnes & Noble, you know, Kobo, um, iTunes, but the, app, the Amazon author, author page is an easy way just to get all my information. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Corey. I enjoyed it. You have a great day. Stay cool. You too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, too. Bye. So be sure to check out her books. She has a website, too, but seriously, go over to the Amazon page because then you can see all of her listing for all of her books and her covers and things like that. And her covers are pretty cool. I I did enjoy looking at some of her covers and including the Spirit Ridge cover, kind of neat. So uh, the schedule coming up, I believe I have openings in September, October, uh, yes, November, yes, and December. I have not done anything for scheduling for 2017, but there are openings from basically September to the end of the year. So if you've got a book you're trying to promote or you've got a book you know you're going to be putting out pretty soon, uh, go over to the guest spots page on backporchwriter.com and just follow the the instructions there. Be sure to read the entire page because uh, if I don't receive the information that I need from you at least one day in advance of your interview, then I'll end up canceling your interview. I hate to do that, but it is a necessary thing because the show is based on interviewing. I don't always put together a solo-type show as a backup, and so it's dependent on you and you interviewing at the scheduled time that you've selected. So please read the entire page over on backporchwriter.com on the guest spots page and then follow directions and schedule your interview and then send me all the information that I need at least one week before uh, your scheduled interview. But uh, definitely the day before I should have all that stuff or I'll end up canceling your interview and, and doing something different. And I don't want to have to do that. So thank you for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I've been your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write. 
Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. <laughs>